Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. I'm so glad you are here. So, no long intro for this episode. I'm still floating from my event last week. I cannot believe that it happened, and I am just still processing it all. But with that being said, I am planning another event in the spring. As soon as I solidify the details, you guys will be the first to know. I'm excited to jump right into this episode because we have a guest joining us today. Let me tell you a little bit about our special guest. Pastor Alvin A. Georges is commissioned to use all that God has given him to reconnect and reinforce people's relationships with Christ. He has served at-risk youth and their families in counseling professions as a case manager, residential counselor, certified substance abuse counselor, and in-home counselor for over 10 years in private and state agencies. Pastor Alvin obtained his bachelor's from Oral Roberts University in Biblical Studies. He also holds a Master's of Divinity degree for Practical Theology from Regent University. After serving as Executive Minister of Youth and Young Adults at Mount Lebanon Missionary Baptist Church, affectionately known as The Mount, that's my church y'all, Pastor Alvin was appointed as Senior Site Pastor of the Mount Peninsula Church in Newport News, Virginia by his spiritual covering Bishop Kemp Brown and Elder Valerie Brown. God has blessed Pastor Alvin and his wife, Minister Tracy Georges, with three beautiful daughters, Olivia, Aaliyah, and Ariah Georges. Pastor Alvin is determined to live and serve God's people with genuine conviction. His pursuit in ministry is to know God and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, to be like him even in his death. Philippians 3 and 10. I want to welcome my pastor, my spiritual covering, Pastor Alvin Georges, to the Lavender Woman's podcast. Hello. Thank you for that welcome. <laughs> you are very welcome. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. It's really good to be here. I'm so glad to have you. When I extended the invitation, I was really nervous <clears throat> because I know you're such a busy, oh, busy person. Busy. I was like, he's not going to have time to do a podcast episode, but... Here we are. This is my first podcast. Really? So, yeah, I'm clearing the schedule for this one. This I appreciate history. that. Yes. You can add that to the bio now that you've also spoken on a international <laughs> Come podcast. Come on right. now. China, Africa. <laughs> exactly. All, over. all over the place. So I wanted to give our listeners a discussion on the modern church, what that looks like today. So let's start with millennials and the church. I'm so glad that I'm still considered a millennial. (laughs) I'm sorry for those who are not, but millennials are ages 22 to 37. What would you say about millennials and the church? Are they active? Are they inactive? What is your take on that? Well, I think this is a very relevant topic. I'm glad that you really picked it because the church is trying to figure it out Mm. when it comes to millennials and Mm. the church. Um, You know, we've had our traditions for years and we've had our set of norms for years in the church and then all of a sudden these millennials come and they're like nah right we just came out of nowhere (laughs) out of nowhere right we ain't doing it like we typically do Mm -hmm. um all of the norms have been busted wide open and so i think that's the biggest thing that's really affected the church is challenging the church Mm -hmm. um to do it differently Mm -hmm. um to get to get away from the fluff, right. to get away from the facade. Mm-hmm. You know, millennials are the kids. You know, we, I'm from the Gen X generation. Mm-hmm. And so we 
we were the generation that asked questions but was told just do what I tell you do what I tell you, you now know? I was raised that way okay. I may still be a millennial but I was raised that way right. I did what I was told I wasn't right. allowed to ask any questions my grandmother had me doing the <laughs> prayer singing in the youth choir doing right. being an usher at the door I'm like I don't want to do any of this just, but you did it right and you, you didn't lost say a word. you lost the meaning behind mm-hmm. it you did it out of just obedience mm-hmm. you did it out of routine right but there was no meaning and so mm-hmm. millennials come along and they're like no we want to know why exactly we're doing this mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. and gen xers have grown up to become parents and we said you know what when we become parents mm-hmm. if our kids ask us why we're not going to treat them like our parents that's exactly us. how i raised my kids now they are allowed to ask questions right. that's something that i did not have the opportunity right. to do as a child right so what does that do now that creates a generation mm-hmm. that now is not afraid to say well what are we doing this for right. why do we got a communion table mm-hmm. why? You know, why can't nobody touch the table? It's made out of wood like everything. Right, right. <laughs> you yeah, because I know you can't walk in the pulpit at my old church. You better not go exactly, up there. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so they're asking why, why, why? And mm-hmm. it forces the other generation to say, and if you give them fluff answers, mm-hmm. it's like, no, nah, that ain't going to fly. Yeah, that's not going to fly with And us. so now it's, it's, we are forced now to be and it's crazy to say this, but real. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the millennial uh, millennial generation is looking for. We want we want it real. Mm-hmm. Um, we want it um, meaningful. Right. We want it relevant. And so that's what's challenging the church right now when it comes to millennials. Okay. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know that there is choir rehearsal oh, yes. going on in the background. So if you guys hear some drums or a bass guitar that's or some singers. That's your confirmation to join the choir. Exactly. You should be here at rehearsal. <laughs> so if go. you do hear some background noise, it is because rehearsal is happening in a separate part of the church at this moment. Right. So we've discussed millennials in the church. Let's get to the next topic. I know a lot of Christians who don't go to church mm-hmm. for many reasons. I guess some reasons could be valid, some may not. But why is it important for us to go to church as Christians? Right. So I would say community. Okay. Um, I, 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 I simplify things. So mm-hmm. if I join a team, mm-hmm. I got to go to practice. Right. That's you know, true. I, I got to be there with my team um, to learn with my team the plays, mm-hmm. learn the strategies. And so when it comes to church, you know, you can do it on your own, but we're a team. So we, we need to come together. Um, of one faith and there is power in the community God calls us a body of Christ right. for a reason mm-hmm. you know and I I would I, I, I look at that as not just in spiritual connection because you know people say well I'm there in spirit or mm-hmm. I don't need to be there physically exactly and, and now with um on streaming the technology yeah the technology that we have on the bedside Baptist much easier (laughs) and it is it'd be real it is um but but there's still the bible said and i'm gonna go straight to a scripture it it says don't forsake assembling yourself Mm -hmm. and there is so much power in coming together because what we're losing in this day and generation and i sound like my parents and sound like grandparents but we're losing engagement communicate relationship i agree you know we, we're turning to what i call false um companions which mm-hmm. is our cell phones mm-hmm. and you know our computers and mm-hmm. it's given us this false sense of of relationship where i can just turn you off at a click of the button That's and, and pick you back up at a click of the button mm-hmm. then, then when it comes to the dynamics that challenges us to relate right like differences that you can only experience when you meet somebody mm-hmm. who's different. And then to me, that's growing. When I have a relationship with somebody who has a different 
opinion than I do, right. a different perspective I do, and we can process that. And then now I grow because I get a broader view of life because of how you were raised and what you bring. But we don't get that um, unless we connect, right. unless we have a sense of community. So for the people who say, I don't need to go to church, mm -hmm. that's what I will offer them. You know, how do you establish relationship with people that the Bible calls us family? Right. Like, you know, you got to see your family. Exactly. Let's come together. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that encourages us to go to church right. <laughs> and not to stay I home so. or just stream it online. And there's nothing wrong with it if you're sick or you have to work. But if you are able, I always say, if you have an able body, get to God's house. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. Get to God's house. So let's discuss the Bible a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know personally a lot of people who have issues with the Bible certain certain parts of the Bible, certain um, stories within the Bible. What do you think is the standard issue that people have when it comes to the Bible? Is there something that sticks out more than anything else when it comes to the Bible and the disbelief that people have regarding it? Yeah, I think it's an ancient book that is hard to understand, mm -hmm. you know, with the translations and People may think it just deals with things that happened back in the day, and now we, we they didn't have cars back then. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't mm -hmm. have internet and technology. So how can they speak to what we're doing now? And that's that's the critique and criticism okay. that comes against the Bible mm. is what I see a lot of, yeah. So you did say it's, an, it's older practices and older teachings. Right. But a lot of it can still be applied to our life today. Most definitely. The B attitudes is like what I think of mostly. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't know, what can you give the listeners from the Bible that they can apply to their everyday life? Oh. Not just on Sundays, but on a Monday when they are irritated or on a Wednesday when they're sad or depressed. Right. Um, hope. I mean, you know, the Bible... Well, one of the things that when you first said it, I wanted to go the whole sowing and reaping mm. um, principle. Okay. And I guess that is a general that can take care of a lot of concerns or battles that we're up against. Sowing and reaping. So that principle is, you know, you reap what you sow. Right. And so um, a lot of some of the stress that we are experiencing in our lives, we got to find out what have we been sowing that has been a result of what we're receiving. That's and so true. there's a principle of this, you know, what you give out is what you get back, you mm -hmm. know. And... and for those who say the Bible is archaic, well, that's a principle. We, When you go to work, when you put in that week mm -hmm, at work, you mm -hmm. expect, that's what you're sowing. You exactly. expect at the end of the week to, to get reap. Your right. <laughs> get your paycheck. Right. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. But that that plays out, I mean, financially, it plays out emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, if I give out good vibes, and we say this all the time, then I can expect good vibes to come, to we, come back to we me. We do right? say it, yeah. yeah. And so if I'm ever in a place where I'm in a dark, dark place, mm -hmm. Um, or discouraged like you were mentioning um, even that's a sowing and reaping because if I can muster up enough strength mm -hmm. to um, put out encouragement like David said I encourage myself in the Lord mm -hmm. you, you find yourself getting that back um, case in point uh, we used to sing a song um, in, in elementary school if you're happy and you know clap your, mm -hmm. and, and so my teacher when we were coming in she would see that the kids were like a drag that morning or whatever mm -hmm. and we were tired we didn't right. try to come here they would start singing that song and just pour you know joy into that mm -hmm. moment and next thing you know it changed your vibe yeah, right? yeah. Like they, yeah so this whole um giving and receiving um does work so that's that's one of the principles i say and that's a biblical principle okay yeah miracles in the bible versus today what wow. can be said about that because there yeah. are some like 
miraculous events that took place in the Bible. And I know that that's a conflict that a lot of people have today because they're not seeing those same miracles happen today. Right. Um, and I, I often struggle with that, too. Mm. But you got to realize, and, and the Holy Spirit showed this to me, too, is in the Bible, all of those miracles are concentrated into a book. So mm. you you see it all at once okay. and you're thinking, oh, this is so exciting. Mm -hmm. But think about the people that didn't get healed. That's true. The people that wasn't involved in those or did not see it themselves mm -hmm. and had to hear it. Mm -hmm. and imagine the skepticism they had when they had to hear it you know, three chains down the line from somebody who was actually there, it loses that effect. And I think that's the discouragement we have mm -hmm. is that we can hear about miracles, but we're not seeing them ourselves. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that miracles aren't happening. Right. It's just that it's not as concentrated like it is when we read it in the, in the Bible. And I also think that people think that miracles has to be some grand event. Exactly. You know, they often refer to like Noah and the art. It doesn't always have to be something so grand. If you mm -hmm. were in a car accident mm -hmm. and your car is completely mangled and mm -hmm. you walked away with only a scratch, that's a miracle. You know, it's a miracle that I'm on my first podcast tonight. Exactly. Somebody asked me to podcast. <laughs> miracles are all around us. No, I just serious. think I we joke. look at them differently. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I, I joke with that, but that is, that's amazing that, you know, I. Podcast. You are on a podcast yeah. <laughs> that will be you know listened to all to? over. How over the generations we become desensitized mm. and we always need a, a better thrill. Right, one up. One up, mm -hmm. yeah, to, to, to entertain us or to make us be wild. And the reality is when you wake up, in the morning, That's place your feet, yeah, on that bed, on, on the Like floor. my grandma used to say, in my right mind. So yeah, exactly. that's a miracle right. because it could have, you know, been different. Right. So I think that's also an issue that we create is that yes. we expect some grand event when right. every day that you are awake and you're able to go to work and you're take right. care of your family, yeah, you make it back yeah. home safely, and yeah, you are closed exactly. in your right mind. That is that's, that's a, a miracle. miracle because I know for a fact I was in a car accident when I was a teenager that mm -hmm. probably should have taking me out wow but the you know the power and the strength from a praying grandmother yes. listen yes. <laughs> i am still reaping from the prayers of my grandmother That's prayed great. for me That's i had great. a praying grandmother and i know for a fact that her prayers sustained me that night yep. because when i look back on the accident i shouldn't look have walked away you. from the accident have, how long ago was that oh gosh I mean, we're not gonna say you know ladies never tell how old they are okay, it's okay, okay. but we're just gonna say it was <laughs> about 18 years ago oh, let's wow. just let's do the math on that okay. and um i was a senior in high school mm. i had to be i was injured but when you look at the car compared to the extent of my injuries it was nothing but a miracle wow. i missed my prom i missed my senior trip i was homebound for the remainder of the school year but i was alive but you were alive I was alive, and I know for a fact it was my grandmother's prayers. So I'm looking at a miracle. Lady. Literally, you're looking at a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Even exactly. every time I think about it or I drive past the place where the accident happened, yeah. I just can't believe that, one, I was able to walk away from it. Yes, I had to have a surgery, but mm -hmm. it was like there's no way I was supposed to survive that. Miracle. The car was almost unrecognizable. Wow. So miracles do happen. They do. They we do. just had to be open to the miracles that happen in our yes, lives every yes. single day. I agree. Now, this is a topic that I have gotten into arguments mm -hmm. with people about. Right. People are really, really sensitive about this topic that we're about to discuss. Mm -hmm. Slavery. Mm. Where was God during slavery? Right. 
I have gotten into arguments with people about this. I'm not the expert. <laughs> I'm going to let you do. You're talking about American slavery. African yes, American, yeah. African American slavery. Yeah. Where was God doing slavery? It's the question that I hear the most. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. What, you know, slavery that we have just referenced is not new. Right. And the same questions we asked, where was he during the slavery we just referenced? The Hebrews, Jews ask the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's been there. Um, this is a hard verse. It I always is. go to verse. But there's a verse where Jesus says, in this life, you will have sorrows. Yes. He said, but take heart, for I have overcome the the world, world. Mm -hmm. which tells me that this world is going to have issues like slavery. And I am not condoning or I'm not doing what, you know. Let's be very clear about that. I'm not not condoning it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw the movie Harriet and uh, I saw how the preacher would preach just to appease the slave masters. Mm -hmm. So that's not what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is, you know, you got to ask. If you ask where God was with slavery, ask you got to ask also the question: Where is He with cancer? And mm. Where is He with all That's these other issues? Mm-hmm. And He never promised us that we would not have a life of struggle and right. sorrow. The reality is, and I know people know where I'm going with this, is once sin got introduced into our world, all of that took place. Exactly. And we had chaos, and all of that came because we rejected what God put as a a system of peace and harmony and we didn't want it and so this is what we got but through all of that Mm -hmm. i am a result of god still being involved during slavery i know you're like how can you say that my people should not have made it through slavery right i'm also the ancestor you are the ancestor Mm -hmm. and so our people should not have come through but look at the legacy that through slavery and we give glory to god Mm -hmm. if it had not been for god then we could not have had that testimony right um, and we're seeing justice getting better and better. It's slow. <laughs> it's slow. But but reality is, I mean, come on. We are, I'm not even going to say that because I know, but we're a work in progress. We are a work in progress. And the re- let's say and, that. And yes, let's say we're a work in progress. And, it's, and God has given us time to continue to confront, to mm-hmm. make changes. Mm-hmm. And we've come through slavery. We have. We know. We're coming through slavery. Yes. Okay. We are coming. I know somebody's at the edge of their seat right like, now. Like, what you mean? Yeah, we've we come st- through. We're still enfranchised. Uh, and, and yeah, you're right. We are. Yeah. In so many ways. Yes. Yeah. The ironic part of, as I mentioned, I am the ancestor of an enslaved African, mm-hmm. and my grandmother's grandparents were slaves. Yeah. Um, the part of the crazy part about that story is that when. They passed away. My grandmother's mother still worked for the same family. Mm. Not as a slave, but as a housemaid, a servant, or whatever. She still worked for the same family. She worked for that family the duration of my grandmother's childhood. Right. When she died, that same white family that had once enslaved my ancestors and then um, employed my um, ancestors sold their land okay. to my grandparents' father for a dollar. Wow! Wow! Like the same fields that they used to work in for a dollar. For a dollar. Jesus! I now own that land. Come on here. <laughs> so it's like Come on here. my grandmother owned it once her parents passed away, and then once she passed away, she gave it to me. I inherited, Candace. and it's like I own land that 
at one point in history my ancestors what were enslaved on. So I get that that doesn't take away doesn't the take away, hurt, right. but when I just right. look at the process. Right. Oh yeah. They yeah. could have given that land to anyone. Any, anyone, you got it. But and I'm sure that here we are in 2019. And who, four generations later. Who do you give glory to for that? To God. You have to. No one else. And, and slavery was bad. And I'm not condoning it. It was. Course. It was. But we see God use what mm-hmm. the enemy meant for evil. Yes, I now own the land you, that my ancestors were a slave on. That's amazing. I mean that it that's doesn't great. get any. That's great. I yeah. can't even explain yeah, it. When I awesome. think about it, it's like, wait, I own land that's that amazing. my ancestors and probably, you know, many others were once enslaved on. That's great. So that's great. he sold it to them for a dollar. That's awesome. And I know we think like a dollar is nothing, but back then, yes. scraping up a dollar, that was a, it was a process. You're going to maybe go here. Sunday, we talked about prophetic. We did. Ge- Generation the prophecy. prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so now I see that mm-hmm. with, with your story. Yeah, it's been in my family since the early 1900s. God so. is called, calling you to carry out a legacy that started in your ancestors. Exactly. And now you are being, you've been called for such a time as this. Exactly. They were enslaved wow. on it in the 1800s. And, and I, wow. It was sold to them in the early 1900s. And now in 2019, I own you it. You own it. I own Let's it. Go. You Let's know, go. so <laughs> that's amazing. I just I don't know what else to say. Right, right. Well, I mean that that's a great example yeah. of merging God and slavery. Mm. I mean, we can get only God gets the glory out of something mm-hmm. that was so ugly mm-hmm. and so um, just terrible. And and at the end of the day, you can say, look, but this is what God did for me. And people are always asking me to sell it. And I'm like, no, no the history no, here. No, I can't right. sell. This is too much Don't history. It's too rich for me to sell. No, no, that's right. And if we want to go even further, okay. Okay. <laughs> descendants of the original owners now mm-hmm. pay me to farm on it. What? So let's if we want to talk about descendants full of the, circle. Whoa. Descendants of the original owners, the owners who once enslaved my ancestors, they're like fourth generation oh farms on that land because I'm not a farmer. I don't even like being outside. Oh my goodness. I'm an inside type of woman. They are working. They are working on the land. On the land. Yes, that my ancestors were once enslaved. Why isn't this in the news? Why isn't somebody broadcast? This is amazing. They pay me to farm on the land. Come on, farm way wheat, tobacco. You go out there with a whip every now and then. No, I don't. (laughs) I go home every now and then just to make (laughs) sure everything's okay. I keep the taxes paid on it, and I yeah, I don't. I'm just not an outside type of girl. I'm not gonna be out there on the tractor. When I was a child, my grandmother had me in the fields enough. Country girl. Yes, country girl. But she said, no, nah, that ain't me. That's not, I can't do it. I don't, I'm scared of bugs. I don't like oh, outside. <laughs> you know, I'm a country well, girl. I'm glad you were born in this this, this century. I can't do it. I would, you I couldn't, couldn't have been a slave. <laughs> well, you light-skinned. I so would have been in the house. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but so that's just a full circle story of how God right. is still working in the midst of just really, exactly. a, really terrible a terrible time, time in mm-hmm. history. Yeah. All right, so... Before we get off this topic, yes. the Slave Bible. Slave Bible? Yes. You ever heard of that? No, please no. help me with this. Okay, so it's like um, a Bible that they pull certain parts out to give the slaves context to keep them enslaved. Oh, no, I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, to, yes. you know, to make it seem like God yes. wanted them to be yes. slaves and they're supposed yes. to be slaves yep. and this is the only thing yep. they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, Paul talks... <sighs> about uh, Onesimus, who owned a slave, and he, he has a whole book. Um, I forget which 
which book, but it's, it's in the New Testament. Paul writes a letter, and he's talking about, you know, slaves ought to respect their masters mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you do research, the slave there is, and, and this doesn't take away from the concept because we know people have used that mm-hmm. to oppress people. But right. if they use it in its purest, purest sense, he's talking the same way he would talk to an employee to a boss okay. I mean, because it's a servant the mm-hmm. the greek word there is doulos which means servant but it also means did y'all hear that the greek word did it's y'all doulos. catch that it's yes. doulos yes all right so so i mean so that was the context then but you're right it mm-hmm. has been manipulated, made, manipulated yeah. into hey y'all have to obey your your masters um I don't know what I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Any type, any form of manipulation is just is evil, it you is. know. So I don't even have to make that a slave thing. Anytime somebody takes the word and use it for manipulate manipulative measures mm-hmm. to oppress anybody, the word is not to oppress anybody. The word is really the gospel to set someone free. So I don't support anyone that uses the Bible to oppress because that's not what it's for. That is not what it's for. Mm-hmm. So. This was not in our layout, and I do apologize. Oh, she, but I, she putting something in the I outline. I want to add something to the outline. Um, let's talk about church hurt. Yes. Because I have experienced church hurt. I am not going to discuss it on this podcast. However, it was something that took we me. We have yet to discuss. I know, and we will. And you've been at our church for some years now, right? right yeah, it's been a year about and a year? several months. Okay. Um. Okay. I didn't go to church for a whole year after I experienced what I experienced at a previous church, mm-hmm. and it was just really bad. And I know a lot of people who can relate. Okay. What can you say to people who have experienced church hurt? And we're not talking about you're just mad because the praise team doesn't sing the music that mm-hmm. you like or, mm-hmm. you know, the pastor talks too loud or you don't like mm-hmm. the activities going on. No, we're talking about real yeah. deal church hurt. What can you say to mm-hmm. encourage people who may be going through that right now and have turned away from God or the church? I I, I personally get embarrassed and I personally feel bad um, because it's terrible when you feel you get hurt in the church and that's. The church is where I, you know, I'm a part of, I'm connected to. And so, first of all, I my heart just goes out to everyone who has experienced church hurt. Um, and it happens, it's a reality, it happens all the time. I'm a pastor, and I can't tell you how many people I, I counsel and try. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, to help with, with, with that. Um, and I hear people say all the time, well, you're going to get hurt in the world, you're going to get hurt here, hurt there. But I know there is no hurt <laughs> like church hurt. Um, because church is the place where you tend to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a place of worship. It's a place where you trust leaders and right. you share your personal life. And mm-hmm. when you have those those people that you've trusted on that level to take advantage of that, that's that's hard. So it's very hard. Um, I I mean, all I could just do is offer sympathy, sincere mm-hmm. sympathy um, for that, and pray that God heals from church hurt. And that's the hope that yeah. God takes those hurts and somehow makes beauty out of ashes. Exactly. He, he, he really can. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage everyone that's going through church hurt, um, see what God can change out of that hurt. See, because if you continue to hold on to the hurt, mm-hmm. you never heal from it. That's true. Um, but 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 try to work through that in counseling. Try to work through that in faith, right? In prayer, 
and watch what God, there's a whole, people have built ministries that are flourishing now out of church hurt, mm. businesses mm -hmm. out of church hurt. Mm -hmm. God can take mess and turn it into a, a miracle. And so you have, if you have hurt, you have an opportunity for God to turn it into something beautiful. That is very true. I know when I first started attending here before I became a partner, I reached out to you like, I really like this church. I feel God when I'm here. Worship is amazing. Your teaching is easy mm -hmm. to follow. I understand it. However, right. <laughs> I have this thing over here yeah. and, and I'm afraid. Yeah. But um, we didn't get a chance to meet because I think maybe a few Sundays after that, I could just feel the Holy Spirit just pulling at me. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to be obedient. Okay. I'm going to stop fighting it because I had felt it for a while, but I was fighting it because I'm like, no, like, you know what I've been through. Right. I don't want to go through that again. Can I trust that this is going to be the house that you want me to serve right. in and, and be a partner in it? I felt it and I, I'm very pleased with um, partnering we with this church. Too. But it's real. Church hurt it has is. hurt me more than some relationships mm. and some family issues because it can be so severe because for a lot of people, this is our only safe place. It is. That's you true. know, so it hurts on a, a, a deeper level, if that makes sense. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Outside of church hurt, I want to ask another question that mm. is not in the layout. I hate to spring it on you all of a sudden, yeah. but can we be disappointed in God? Like, do we have the authority to be disappointed? You have the privilege to be disappointed with God. He okay. can handle your disappointment. Okay. I'm going to give you a scenario. I explained to you before we started recording that my grandmother was the most, I mean, she was the most Christ-like person I have ever met in my life. Okay behavior, actions. I mean, she was like the vessel mm -hmm. for, I have never met anyone else like her. Right. She was at church at a missionary's meeting uh -huh. and fell and hit cement floor. Oh no. And she had early onset Alzheimer's, but uh -huh. it was so early onset that they're like, oh, you know, she could probably live the next six to eight years okay. with this. It's not progressing quickly, okay. but this is where we are. We just want to let you guys know that she's in the um, the onset stages of, of mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. And we were like, mm -hmm. okay, so we we're putting things in place mm -hmm. to make sure she was safe and doing, mm -hmm. she could still drive, she could still go to church, she mm -hmm. could still cook. She was very much independent. Mm -hmm. She fell at church mm -hmm. and in eight months she was gone oh no and i sat there the fall was so severe that it literally oh, changed God. the placement the like the location of her brain it shifted inside of her cranium oh my god it dislocated her optic sockets where her eyes wouldn't stay in one location and because of her age and the onset of Alzheimer's, no doctor would operate on her eyes. So she never saw clearly after that. She would see like 10 of us. Mm. So she was in this room with us. She would see like 20 of us. Mm. Um, and then she broke her wrist, the finger. Jeez. It was just, it was such a bad fall that I almost didn't believe she fell. Hmm. Like my cousins called me from church like, auntie just fell. We're rushing her to the hospital. And where I'm from, small country town, the hospital couldn't even help her. Mm. They like took her to Richmond to mm -hmm. MCV. Mm -hmm. So I'm busting the highway open trying to get to Richmond. And when I walked into the critical care unit and I saw my grandmother, I didn't believe she had fallen. It was unlike anything I had ever seen. So what was a six to eight year lifespan was gone in eight months Jeez. because of the brain trauma. 
And I have, I'm connected to someone who loves my grandmother dearly, mm -hmm. who is still angry with God about it. Mm -hmm. Because she was like the church mother. She was the elder in the church and everything she did, mm -hmm. it was for God. She read her Bible every morning. She prayed for everybody. She fed the homeless. Mm -hmm. She led ministry. She started the youth choir. She made our robes because the church didn't have enough money to buy us robes. Like right. she was just that type of woman. And they are still angry with God about what happened to her. And I don't know how to, it's not me. It's really yeah, not me. No, it's really someone no, I'm connected yeah, to. They, they're they still angry with God about it because Jeez. in their eyes, she didn't deserve that. We're talking about someone who was educated, who was an educator for 40 years, didn't even remember her husband of 65 years at the end of her life. See, when I when I hear, and, and that's sad, that really is, and that would make anybody yeah. like feel some kind of way, disappointed, angry, yeah. like, God, why her? You know, I, of course, I feel like that now. I didn't even know your grandmother it's like that. It's been so rough. Like, why in the world? <laughs> it's hurt. been rough, yeah. Um, the thing, the thing, I'm one, you know, it's, it's one thing to be disappointed, but you, but is your faith still there? And, and that's what I'm asking. Do, do, do they still have faith in God or you're saying they're disappointed? They're done. Okay. Yeah, with God altogether because of. See, because you know you had a, you, and I'll just make it simple. You, you have you have a friend mm -hmm. that you disappointed in. Oh. But that's just that's still your girl. I you know have what I mean? Many of those. Right you know now. what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you, and every time you see him, you are gonna remind him. You know, you know, I'm mad at you. You know, I'm tight with yeah, you right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm tight with you. Mm -hmm. But you still, let's go get some. You know, let's. Yeah. Uh, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked what level of disappointment. Oh that no, they are. this is way past that level. This is I don't believe in God anymore. I'm not going to church because if God let that happen to your grandmother, then we don't stand a chance that's yeah. their attitude about it well see that's where i would have to start speaking to them about their faith in god because if i really trust god mm -hmm. then it goes beyond even how i feel right i can be disappointed at, but at the end of the day god i'm disappointed but i trust that you still know what you're doing mm -hmm. that you still are in control mm -hmm. and i'm and it's hard especially when that thing hits home but to me, that's what helped me deal with those type of situations. I lost my dad three years ago. Okay, I lost my grandmother three years ago. Okay, so when you lose I'm, I, my dad, you know what I mean? And it happened, like, one, we went to the hospital, think he's getting a checkup, and then from there, boom. Mm -hmm. and, and he was gone. And I was angry. With God. I'm oh, like, I was man, too. Yeah. Let's be honest. I told I said, you already know I'm angry with you. Right, so I can't right. hide it. I'm not going to front. I'm really upset with you I'm right upset. now. But eventually I got over it. Well, this person has not. Right. But yeah. that's, that's where I'm getting at. See, what happens is you, you won't get over the hurt until you build your faith. Yeah. And to me, I could not heal from losing my dad until I learned that God... I have to trust you had it all under control. Right. And then when I started having faith in God, he started showing, this is no lie, he started showing me, do you know where your dad is? Mm. If you really have faith in me, right. then you know I'm a good God. Mm -hmm. And I may have taken him from you, but right now, if your dad, if you could speak to your dad right now, mm. he gonna tell you, son, let me go. Let me stay here. I lived my whole life <laughs> right. to get to this part, to be with him, you yeah. know? I literally said that at my grandmother's funeral. I was like, it's much and as bad as I wanted her to stay here with me. She literally lived her life to right. get to where she is. Right. I, I can't be mad right. about that. Right. Like, this is why she lived, right. to get to where she is. But yeah. 
it's, yeah. it's been a process. And, it, and, it's, and it's okay to have emotions because right. that's what we are. We have souls. We have emotions. So we're going to hurt. Right. But that's where faith faith is not um, connected to our emotions. When you have okay. faith, it has to be a solidarity. This is what I believe no matter how I feel about it, what right. I think about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have to feel a way about it, mm-hmm. think a way about it, or, or, you know, or perceive a way about it. But at the end of the day, no matter what I think, no matter right. what I feel, mm-hmm. I still believe this. He's yes. still a good God. He's right. still in control. It took me a while to get there. Yes. Probably about a year and a half to yeah. being honest. We're going to be candid about it. Right. But I got there. And for me, it was to renew how I looked at joy because I felt like my joy was gone. My hope was gone because she was like that anchor for me. Um, me and my mom are close, but not like my grandmother. Right. Um, And so when she passed away and in the manner in which she passed away, everyone close to me knows I relocated her here so that I could take care of her. So I was her caretaker for the last eight months of her life. And I took care of her until the day that she took her last breath. Um, She Mm. wasn't eating. She couldn't Mm. swallow. She wasn't walking. She wasn't talking. It was devastating. So Mm. I was really upset with God about it. And it, it took me through some changes that took me about a year and a half to get over but once I got this in my head, and y'all know I love tattoos. We know. We, let's talk about that too I a little bit. At you. <laughs> I love I tattoos, okay. and I had to get this tatted on me oh. for a reminder mm-hmm. because it was just so rocky. Mm-hmm. That joy is gladness, not based on circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I may be going through these emotions right now, but I still have joy because my right. joy is not based on circumstance. circumstances. And that's a mature place. And that's how I started turning it around. Right. I literally called my tattoo. I was like, I need this done now. Yeah. Like, I, sorry, you have somebody. I need this done now. And I went and this got it This is what you just explained. What was that? You explain process. Okay. And I think that's where your relatives are. With, with mm, they're the still processing. They're still, so, and God gives us time to right. be mad at them until we, because it takes time. You're not going to get over that overnight. Yeah. And some people take longer than we look back. Okay, you should be done with it by now. Mm-hmm. But God is so merciful. Because think about it. Who, who still wakes them up every morning? That's true. Who still gives them the ability? That's so true. God is saying, I can handle you having an attitude with mm-hmm. me right now. I think what my fear is, I don't want something to happen to them before they get right mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. That's my fear because it has been three years. This coming May right. will be four years. Right. right. And it's like, okay, I get it's a process. It took me a year and a half. I right. understand I'm not rushing you. Right. But I don't want something to happen and you still feel this way about That's God. That's true. Nah, so that's kind of where true. I am with it with my relatives. That's true. And so we ju- can just pray. Yeah. And only God can get to their heart. And, and I believe he will. I believe he will. I hope so. Yeah. Because. <laughs> and we don't know. Like, maybe that's what we see. But in their heart, maybe there are some things that they have made some changes that dr- have drawn them or at least have made them a little more softer to get into God. We don't know. We don't know. You don't know him like I do. It's like every day. Sometimes right. I'm like, I can't even take this call. I got right, stones right. falling off my head, y'all. I can't right. even take this call because yeah. it stresses me out. Oh. And I'm like, I just, I can't. It'll okay. be four years. I'm like, I said, I'm not rushing the process because oh, I know we yeah. have to, you know, to process it. But mm. I look at their health right now and it's scary. Like I'm literally like afraid yeah. because they are not in the best of health right now. And I just want them to get right. right. I do. I want them to get right. So I pray for them every day. I might not talk to them every day because I can't. Um, But I do pray for them every single day because it's hard. You're doing the best thing. I try. Yep, yep, you're doing the best thing. (laughs) All right, so since I mentioned tattoos, Mm -hmm. this is also not in the 
outline. Let's okay. talk about it. Okay. Tattoos and God. What What's the real deal when it comes to that? Am you I know, Am I going to hell because I have tattoos? Uh, you know, people ask that question. <laughs> like, seriously. I, I can never answer that. Only God determines who gets into heaven or mm-hmm. hell. So when I keep getting asked that question, I tell them I don't have an answer to that because I think we're going to find people in heaven and and see people in hell that, that we didn't think. We might be surprised by some people, right? You will be surprised. <laughs> so when it comes to tattoos, I um, it's a scripture I always go by. To him who does, to him who knows the right thing and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Mm. So if there's there are some people that have a strong conviction about tattoos. Mm-hmm. And to them, that tattoo messes with their faith. Mm. So they might need to not get tattooed okay. because they got that. But a person like you, you, fifteen. you have a <laughs> but, fifteen. But it's obvious you got a real relationship with I God. I do. You love God. You put him first. I mean, for me to say these tattoos going to send you to hell with mm-hmm. the kind of faith you got. Mm-hmm. That's And at the end of the day, that's what God looks for is your faith. Okay. And is there something in the commandments about tattoos? There's something. Or desecrating in, the body? Yeah, or in Revelation, okay. it talks about um, uh, uh, it's, it's something about writing on the temple. And mm-hmm. that's what the old saints used to say that, that when you. Um, when you put a you know a tattoo on your body because the body is the temple mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit and so mm-hmm. you are desecrating the temple. My grandma almost fell out when I got my first tattoo. Like she was mad with me for like yeah. ever, but then she got over it. But um, right. that's something that I get asked all the time. Like you can go to church or tell us. I can't go to my church tell. I'm like you can't go to church. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm there are sure some churches, churches that really won't allow you, they won't allow especially it. to serve. Like you definitely can't be on the praise team right. or be an usher at the door because you are. Um, so here's how you, you have you, tattoos. Hey, here's how you attack that. So how? Say somebody do we just evangelize people or get people to Christ who are tattooed less mm. so say I win somebody to Christ who mm-hmm. had a tattoo previously okay are they not saved now because they had a tat they have a tattoo I do not think that's accurate no, no. of course not <laughs> and also God loves t- people with tattoos I, th- I, th- I know for a fact God loves me yeah, <laughs> with all course. 15 of my tattoos uh, wow yeah. so um but anyway I just, just don't get them because they hurt I keep hearing they hurt they don't hurt that's what I keep hearing well I have a high pain tolerance oh, so maybe yeah. they do hurt but yeah. not to me mm-hmm. um <laughs> you said mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so where are we on the let's get back to the outline okay all right so this is December. We are approaching Christmas. Mm. Let's talk about it. Christmas? Mm-hmm. Well, you know how I feel about Christmas. How do you feel I'm, about I'm a, Christmas? I'm going to preserve everybody's belief in <laughs> No, give us, the, give us the nah, real. Cause I, well, for me, my house, mm-hmm. they're not going to give credit to somebody else for the gift. Oh, it's the same in my house. Okay. I wish they would. Yeah, so <laughs> so for me, the whole it's cute and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an argument with somebody the other day whose child is six, and they are like, you know, I'm just trying to preserve their childhood. So they have equated, and they are pastors. Oh. And so they have equated Santa and reindeer with mm. having a healthy childhood. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, that's what you do in your house. I'm just, there's never going to be a day mm-hmm. where my kids don't know that God has blessed, first of all, it's God. God has blessed us with the ability mm-hmm. to give you guys the presents that y'all get. So Absolutely. y'all can, y'all can <laughs> talk about Santa Claus just like y'all talk about Frozen and just mm-hmm. like y'all talk about whatever cartoon. The film. Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny, whatever. When we put them, okay, never mind. Let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind y'all talking about, but at the end of the day, right. you better know what's real. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so that's what I believe. Obviously, Christmas 
the reason I'm gonna get real churchy. Do it. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. I mean, that's the bottom line for the season. season. Mm -hmm. He's the reason, mm -hmm. and we we observe the Christmas holidays to um, an observant of Jesus Christ coming into the world, being born. Now, I read something the other than well, rather, I listened to a YouTube video of a pastor that I follow, mm -hmm. whom I will remain nameless. Okay. And I'm not the expert here, guys. That's why we have Pastor Alvin here, because I don't know all of these things. But she was saying, it was a, um, a woman pastor that I adore, um, that December is actually the conception month and that he wasn't actually born until September. Wow. And I had never heard that before. Wow. I didn't know what to think when I like I paused and I was like, wait, what did she just say? And I was right. writing down notes and I'm trying to Google it. And I'm like, this she is maybe right. This is new to my mind. She said back in that time, that is the conception month. But I, he was not born until September. Right. So I don't know. If you roll back the podcast, what I said is this is the time that we observe. We observe, okay. To be the time that we celebrate Jesus Christ being born. So I don't she may be right. He might have been born in September, November, whatever. But we just needed a time. I'm sure the historians like, you know what, let's just choose a time. I'm sure it works for the businesses because right. it's the end of the year. <laughs> so we're going to buy up all the, the merchandise. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we just choose a time. And, okay. And we shouldn't be so strict to say, hey, on the December the 25th, he was born. Exactly. We just recognize. We take time out during this time to recognize his birth. Yeah. Thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what did she just right, say? Right, right. I never. Can you imagine how many people get into arguments? I'm sure. And it's not even, does it matter? Like, if it was September, it was July. <laughs> like, you know, right. it really don't matter. It's it doesn't just, matter. We can keep it in December. Look, I have a, uh, our church anniversary is really not on the last, it's not the week that we celebrate. Okay. <laughs> but it's convenient. You know, it's during the summertime. We know we've been here for a year, exactly. three months ago, but this works better This for is us. where we yeah. are. Exactly. I get <laughs> so, it. Yeah. I completely get it. Right. Um, anything else you want to share about Christmas or the story of our Savior's birth or anything about that? I just, I like Christmas time. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, the festivities and times I just, um, and I can't tell you that I sit around. I mean, we pray, but, you know, it's not a super religious time for us. I think the the return for us is just, of course, the spirit of giving, because mm -hmm. I know that's what Christ being coming into the world was all about. God giving us a gift. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that we can replicate that with our loved ones and people we know and people we don't know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it sounds commercial, but right. this, this season is the season of giving. So. I know a pastor that says that his kids can only get three gifts for Christmas because that's all that Jesus got when he was born. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Oh, he was Lord. like, why do you think you need all these gifts when they only uh, bought the Savior three gifts? And I'm like. You know why he said that? <laughs> why? The budget was tight. <laughs> Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's that's that new. Good, that yeah. sounds good, uh, right? But um, I think the the message that you preached on Sunday is a good representation of Christmas. You oh. were talking about carrying the prophecy. Oh yes, and the whole story of Mary, of Mary. and it was amazing. So is yes. that is that up? Like, can people? Oh find yeah, that? yeah. So we we yeah. So that's on um, my website. Can I plug the sure. website? Sure. Oh, okay. So do a plug. Uh, pursue men. PursueMIN.org. That has all of our teachings um, and all of our um, the just the topics we've been talking about on the word sermons or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, this this one on prophetic um, orchestration. And it was good, y'all. Yeah, we just <laughs> talked about how. What do you do when God speaks prophecy to you? Mm -hmm. 
and you got to carry it before it manifests. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm carrying a word, but I can't see it yet. Like a pregnant woman. I know it's in my belly. Right. But I can't play with it yet. Can't touch mm-hmm. it yet. And them last couple of weeks are just Ain't miserable. It crazy? miserable, <laughs> it's right? It's miserable. And so we talked about how, how to carry the word, how to carry that hope, how to carry, you know, whatever it is that God spoke to you now mm-hmm. that you know is not going to happen until later. And it's like, okay, how do I live with something that I, a preview, that's what we say. How do I live with the preview Mm -hmm. until it hits the, hit the main screen? And it's a lot that goes into that. You got, you got to have endurance. Yep. You gotta, you gotta walk that thing out. You gotta um, have confidence. You gotta have. Co- oh, look at I you. remember the points. Okay, you gotta have confidence. Yes. Endurance. Yes. You uh-huh. said. See, um, hold on. on, I left that notebook at home that I write uh, my notes in. Hold on, I remember you, you have know, I got to. Another servant I worked on. <laughs> okay, it was confidence, it's endurance. No, the last one was difference. Was right, right. Yeah, because you gotta have difference. Um, because what happens with Mary is she's carrying. But then she goes into Bethlehem and all of the the lodging is full. Mm-hmm. And so she can't even have her baby in a usual room in a usual way. Because what she's carrying, God wants her to know this is different. This is different. This is different. Mm-hmm. And I got to send you to the stable. And it wasn't really a stable. It's just where they kept the animals. But I got to send you there and place your baby in a manger because I've got investors that are coming that's meet, that wants to meet a woman who is different, mm-hmm. right? Because when the prophecy came to them, it was like, go, and actually the shepherds, you're going to find him lying in a manger. In a manger, yeah. Mary didn't even know that the angel told them this. And Mary, if you got to be open to being different, right. because when you place your baby in a different way, when you um, give birth in a different environment, mm-hmm. investors are looking for that different that God is bringing out of you. Y'all, it was so good. Was I mean, good? all of them are good, but I'm going to actually list the site yeah. down in the notes so that you guys can go and listen to that one and previous ones. Yes, I because it was that. good. Thank yes, you. yes. Let the people connect with you. Awesome. All right. So. On the podcast each week, I find a meme that connects to the topic that we are discussing. So on the So I Saw Meme meme segment, I thought that this one was really, really good. It says, love pouring out of you is evidence of of God pouring in you. What do you think about that? I think that's such a true statement. Love pouring out of you is evidence of God pouring. You cannot give what you don't have. Exactly. And we are containers. I, I, I believe this. God showed this to me when I was in, in college one time. He's like, you know, we are containers that he uses to pour out to other people. That's true. Um, the way God blesses other people is usually through people. Mm-hmm. We are the salt and light. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so that that's so true. So that now gives us the responsibility that we have to make sure that we are full. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. love pouring out of you is evidence of God pouring in you. So. Yes. If if I'm empty, I'm not fulfilling my purpose. You know, I'm supposed to be containing God's love for him. And so I got to make sure I'm in his presence to get his love. I listen to a sermon at work. Y'all know that's all I do at work. Sermons mm-hmm. and podcasts that make it through the day. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a, a preacher that I really like in Northern Virginia. And he literally was speaking towards this meme. He yeah. said, every time that God pours something into you, you have a responsibility to pour it into someone else. And I was like, you know what? That's so good. It was so good. Yeah, that's so good. But but it makes room for you to get more. It does. Um, a lot of people try to hold on to what they you got. Can. And they get stale. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of folk who are 
I, I there's a lot of depression that's going on now. There is um, a lot of emotional heaviness, and I think it's because nowadays, and I go back to what I said before, we aren't relating like we used mm-hmm. to. Which means we're not pouring into each other right. like we used to. Mm-hmm. And so when you have what you have and it gets stale, mm-hmm. it's like milk. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets stale. And nobody want no stale no, milk. <laughs> you got to get that thing out so you can get a fresh, you exactly. know, fresh portion mm-hmm. into you. And so um, I think that gives us a responsibility to make sure that we're getting poured into, but also pouring out. Pouring out as well. Out as well. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. Our seed of lavender for the week. We water this seed until our next episode. We pour into it. We take care of it. We nurture it. The seed for this week is faith. I'm going to let you expound on faith. Faith. Faith is quite simply just believing. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is. It's just believing. Um, and you don't need to have any physical evidence to believe. Right. And I you think that's the part that people struggle with, though. They need the physical Not, they evidence. They need the physical evidence in order no. to believe. And and I tell people, you know, believing is just basically your conviction that you trust is going to happen, mm-hmm. that is there. Um, and, and no physical evidence is required. Now, here's the good thing about faith. Well, let's talk about it. Is that... Even though no physical evidence is there, God honors faith enough mm-hmm. that if it is strong enough and that you believe it hard enough, mm-hmm. um, he will make the physical come out of Listen. what you're believing. Listen. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> yes. If you believe in it, mm-hmm. nothing's impossible. You can say to a mountain, as long as you believe. It's like ch- children. Mm-hmm. You remember being a child? It's like, I remember when I was a child, I wanted, we had just came from, my parents could not stand us this summer because okay. they had put money into sending us to Walt Disney. Mm. No, was it Walt Disney World? We came, no, we came back so from a place. Y'all was doing it big. Well, y'all we, went to <laughs> Disney. So child didn't get to Disney until well, I was 30 years old. <laughs> we, we went up to, uh, there's a place in New Jersey called Action Park and, and we, we, we rented a, res- we, we stayed in a resort up okay. there for the summer and it was supposed to have been like a big vacation for okay. us. So we did that. And so when we came back home from New Jersey, my parents was like, good, y'all good. Cause we put money into that, mm-hmm. y'all good. But our, our, there was a local church that was going to Walt Disney World. Mm. So when we came back, we was like, well, we want to go to Walt Disney World too. And it was like, we ain't got no money right. for that. We just sent y'all just to Jersey. <laughs> Let me show you how faith works. Right. We were like, okay, mom, we know y'all don't have it, mm-hmm. but we still going. Mm. And we started packing our bags. Okay. We were putting our things together. And this is no lie. My parents got a phone call mm-hmm. of a friend of the family who was going. Okay. And said, you know what? I got this extra money. Mm. Tell your kids that they can go with me. I'll chaperone them. And we went. Y'all went to Disney. I, I lie to you not. So why do you think our faith is stronger as children? I apologize for that interruption. I had an alarm to go off on my phone that I forgot to silence. So getting back to my question, why do you think as children we have so much faith, but as adults we struggle? Right. So I just think life gets hard. Mm. And as children, I think... I don't know what it is, but we can have faith in things, and it seems like things happen easier then. But then when you grow and you get mature, it's almost like God purposely doesn't answer all of our prayers. Mm. Even though we have the faith in, he's so strategic, like a parent. Like there are some things he's just going to say, no, I need you to learn. Okay. That this ain't going to come that easy. Right. And then when we, then we confuse God not answering our prayers 
um, with a hit to our faith and then we get calloused mm. when it comes to the things of God. When God really did not answer our prayer for us to get calloused right. toward him. Right. He really didn't answer our prayer so that we can have more faith in him. Think mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. If you're only having faith in me when I do stuff for you. Exactly. Then your faith is always going to be dependent on stuff. Mm -hmm. Real faith is whether you give me the stuff or not. I still remember believing is does not it's not connected to anything else it's it has its own conviction right so god wants us to get to a place that even if i don't answer you mm -hmm. even if the door doesn't open mm -hmm. do you still trust me right i think a lot of times we treat god like a genie in a bottle right you know we just want to rub the right. bottle and have our wish come true and right. that's just not how it works right right i literally bought one of my girlfriends for her birthday in july a mustard seed necklace mm -hmm. because i wanted to put into context for her how little faith how much how little faith you need. You need, right? Like a mustard seed yes. is so tiny, tiny and the yes. word tells us that's all you need. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly and we right. Still struggle, and we still struggle with that. With it's that like how I've struggled with it. Right. It's like right. that's all we need and I'm over here struggling. Right. How? So so I think it's faith in what? Like when you when you ask me about faith, what I think about faith, I think the thing you have to really focus in on is faith in in what um because faith is general right but but i'm faith is only defined by what i have it directed toward and god at the end of the day wants your faith to be in him mm -hmm. alone mm -hmm. do you think some of our unanswered prayers um is god's protection of course yeah which is why i need to have faith in him because right. i may be asking him for something mm -hmm. that he shut down because I want more faith in that mm -hmm. than him. And yeah. God is saying, you got to trust me enough that I shut that down for your safety and your mm -hmm. protection. But we don't see it that I, way. Uh, <laughs> we like children. Yeah, we don't. we don't see it that way. Yeah. And um, so so that's that's what I feel about. I, fa I think faith is the discipline that all of us need to have. But it takes a lifetime to, to build and mm -hmm. develop. And mm -hmm. uh, we're going to struggle in it. But that's the only thing that gets us into heaven is our faith. That's really good stuff yeah. to know. Yeah. All right. I'll leave you guys with an affirmation every single week because we have a very special guest this week. I left the choice of the affirmation up to him. So if you could leave, leave our listeners with anything, what would you leave them with? You know, we got we just talked about faith. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a good seed or a good affirmation to leave them with. Okay. To And if I do affirmation, how can I check it in an affirmation that... And don't be afraid to give them a scripture with it too now. Well, give them some um, context. <laughs> <laughs> um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of the most clearest scripture when it comes to faith. Pleasing God requires your faith. And it so does. And so if I, I got to do an affirmation, you know, our affirmations are statements of declaration. So mm -hmm. I'm, I will commit to... I don't know if this is the direction, but I will commit this year, this mm -hmm. next year, to build my faith. Absolutely. Yeah, to yeah. put more trust in God, mm -hmm. um, to make Him first, mm -hmm. um, so that I, so that I please Him. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I think we all could benefit from doing that, especially yeah. on the um, embarking on a new decade, a, new decade. Yes. a brand new decade, y'all. Right. So. It would yeah. be remiss of me if I didn't allow you to close us out in prayer. Would okay. you please pray for all of my listeners? Okay, Father, uh, thank you for this night. God, We first of all, thank you for Candice and her opportunity that she has to touch so many lives all over the world and everyone that's listening even right now that 
however they got on this podcast today, God, is by your divine will. And so we pray that you continue to build their faith, even during this Christmas holiday. There's somebody listening that needs their faith to be encouraged. And God, I pray that you would just confirm to them that you're going to take care of everything. It's going to be okay. And Father, continue to be God for us as we continue to be your children. Give us the strength to do so. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. See you in a week.